When I became a foster mom four years ago, I quickly realized there weren't many resources for foster or adoptive parents, much less for the millennial generation. That's where the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast comes in. Welcome to a no-frills look at the journey of foster parenting. It's millennial motherhood with real chats about all things foster care, from navigating home visits, court hearings, bio parents, and quote-unquote, getting to attach. Please join me every week for an honest conversation about foster care and adoption as a millennial mom. Welcome to the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. Hey there, my name is Brittany and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. For this first episode, I thought we could start with a bit about why I wanted to start this podcast, how we got involved in fostering, a recap of our fostering journey, and a sneak peek for what is to come as far as topics and interviews. And just as a disclaimer, I did want you to know I'm recording this on my phone and using the Anchor app, which you'll hear more about at the end of this episode. So please bear with me as I figure out the audio and figure out the equipment I want to use to make this podcast sound even better. So to jump right in, um, my husband Johnny and I became licensed foster parents in 2016. We have had a total of 10 kids in our care and three of those we have adopted. Parenting and foster care is like dog years versus human years. Well, it has been barely four years that we've been doing this and that we've been parents. It seems like a decade has passed. I'm not even kidding. It just flies by. Johnny and I were high school sweethearts and got married when we were 20 years old. We were babies. (laughs) The day I am recording this episode is actually our 13-year dating anniversary and our 9-year wedding anniversary. We got married on our 4-year dating anniversary just to save ourselves having to remember a bunch of dates. And man, am I glad that we did that. (laughs) We did try having biological children, but... It just never really worked out for us. Um, I remember feeling the pull to be a mother so bad. And maybe infertility added to that, but it was all I wanted. And I remember finding Angela Braniff from This Gathered Nest online and feeling so inspired by her and her family. She's an adoptive mom. And she also has biological children, but... She's just so inspirational. So if you've not checked her out, please follow her on YouTube and Instagram. So while my OBGYN did not deliver any biological babies of ours, she did pass along the information for a local foster agency to me during an appointment I had with her. So it was kind of like she had delivered the key to us becoming parents. Foster care has such a negative connotation. I mean, let's be real. It is very hard work. If it wasn't, everyone would be doing it. In our state, you have to be at least 25 to be a foster parent. So the day after my husband's 25th birthday, we went to our first informational meeting at the foster agency. During spring and summer of 2016, we completed our eight-week classes for fostering. We graduated and completed our home study over the summer. By August, we were finally licensed. <laughs> a week after we became licensed, we got an agency-wide email about a little boy who needed a forever home. He had been placed with another family in our agency who 
just knew that he wasn't meant to be theirs forever. So they needed an adoptive home for him. And as soon as I read it, I knew in my heart that this was our son. So we decided to pursue him. His name is Corey. And we let the agency know that we were interested and kind of just started talking about the next steps. So during the fall, we provided respite. And five days before Christmas that year, we got a call for a placement. It was our first long-term placement. He was a little boy who was two. He is still in foster care. So for the sake of privacy and the rules we have to follow, especially online with personal information, I'm going to change his name for the sake of this podcast. And we will just refer to him as Carson. So Corey was transitioned to our home in early February of 2017. Carson was still with us, so we became parents of a two- and four-year-old within a few weeks. And this is a theme that you will hear through our story. Our family seems to change number and dynamic, like, within a few weeks. Like, it's always super quick turnarounds as far as family changes. So we spent the majority of 2017 just adjusting to life as a family of four and to parenthood in general. Corey's adoption took place that August and in October, um, Carson actually ended up being reunified with his mom. So that was probably the hardest thing that we've ever been through. Um, the pain that we felt saying goodbye to Carson after 10 months of having him in our home was like a death. I mean, I definitely want to talk more about processing reunifications later because it's something that is so hard. And this is something that keeps a lot of people from fostering. And I just want you to know that if you're going through that right now during or in the midst of a reunification, I just want you to know that... I hear you and your feelings of hurt and of confusion are totally valid. So after Carson went home in October, we were put on hold for a few months through the holiday season, which actually ended up being really nice because it was Corey's first Christmas home and it was just the three of us. So it was kind of cool just to have that time to kind of bond as a family and give him our attention and um, come up with new traditions as a family of three. So in January, we got a call for two brothers. This placement was actually dissolved after about a week. And this is something else I would like to talk about in a future episode when a placement does not work out and how to deal with that and to navigate that. So a month later, after the two boys left us, we got another placement call. It was also for a little boy, and I don't know why when we had only had boys up until this point. It's really weird. It's not a preference of ours. It was not something our agency did. It's just the way that it played out. So this placement stayed with us for half the year from February to August. During this time, we found out that there were two sisters who also needed a forever home in our agency, and so we began making the strides to transition them to us. It was very similar to Corey's transition. Um, It just took a lot longer. There was a lot more red tape with their case. So, um, but as far as transitions, it was something that we had been through before. So I just want to pause for a second right here. 
I don't know how you knew when you were meant to adopt a child. I could feel it when I looked at them. When I met each of them in person for the first time, I got butterflies, almost like you would when you were around a crush when you were a kid. It's the weirdest thing, I know, but that's how we knew they were meant to be ours. Um, It just kind of clicked, like you just felt like an automatic, like it just made sense. So back to our story, by Thanksgiving of 2018, the girls were home. So we became a family of three to a family of five. So then in January of 2019, and here we go full circle, we got the call that Carson had come back into foster care. So my husband got the call and he said yes immediately. Typically when we got placement calls, we would always ask the other person first, but this time he knew what my answer would be. Like there was just no question. So talk about craziness. (laughs) We went from being a family of three to a family of five to a family of six within a matter of weeks. Um, The ages of the kids at this time, our oldest was six. Um, Our middle two were four. And then our youngest was two. So two, four, and six. Four kids under six. We bought bunk beds and a minivan and felt like our family was complete, but we were also out of space. So our agency knew not to call us with any new placement calls because we just really did not have the space at that point. Um, So Carson was brought back to our home that night, the same day that he came into care, and the girls were adopted last September. Carson has been with us now for a year and a half, but thankfully the end of his case is looking like it's in sight. So for his sake, we're really hoping that permanency is something that's going to happen before the end of the year. So we have Corey, who is our oldest and is about to be eight. Carson is six and our oldest daughter, Emma, is six. So they are 16 days apart. And when people ask me if they are twins, I usually say yes, um, that it was just (laughs) a hard labor. (laughs) So when strangers who don't know we are foster parents ask if Carson and Emma are twins, I usually just automatically say yes. We refer to them as twins. They act like twins. So if you ever hear me say the twins, that's who I'm referring to. Chelsea is our youngest and she is four. Johnny and I are both 29 and we also both work full time. So our house is loud and messy, and parenting from trauma is not an easy path, but we have definitely learned a lot as a family. So when you're a foster parent, whether you have biological kids or not, I'm assuming, I don't have biological kids, but I'm assuming it's the same way, the years just tend to fly by. It's like they're dog years. Four regular years equal 10 years in the fostering and adoption world. You are always waiting for the next court hearing or the next visit, and you're trying to manage real life while balancing trauma and the crazy, horrific things these kids have been through and witnessed. I feel like we've definitely learned a lot and experienced a lot in our four years, but we are by no means experts or veteran foster parents. But I feel like there definitely needs to be more voices for foster moms out there. Fostering can be a very lonely place. There's just not enough foster parents out there for the amount of kids who need a home. I understand why all of our trainings are focused on the kids. They absolutely should be because we are doing this all for them. 
but I really wish there were additional trainings or resources on how to process the trauma our kids have been through as their parent, or just that it's normal to feel sad or angry. As foster and adoptive parents, it's hard to know that it's okay to feel these things or to want to express these feelings without feeling like someone is going to say, but you signed up for this, or without feeling like your kids are going to be taken away from you. This is why I wanted to make the Millennial Foster Mom podcast. I want you to know that this is a safe space and a space for all of us foster and adoptive mamas to share our experiences, to vent, and to build a community. So there's our story with foster care and adoption. I left out a lot of details, mostly for privacy and clarity's sake, but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out through the Millennial Foster Mom Instagram page. I'm also in the process of setting up an email account for this podcast. As far as what is to come for this podcast, I have a lot of topics I like to talk about in future episodes. I want to talk about navigating court hearings, bio parents, and home visits, but also other things like how to handle silly things people say, parenting through trauma, and how to handle all of the things our kids have been through. There are also a few people I'm looking to bring on the podcast who can share their insight and experiences with foster care, which I'm super excited about. I think it's important to talk about motherhood in a general sense as well, because sometimes I just want to be mom. I don't want to always have the foster or adoptive prefix added to my title, if that makes sense. So with a mix of the foster and adoptive topics, I also think that it'll be fun and kind of helpful to have just topics that all moms can relate to as well. Again, you can reach me at the Millennial Foster Mom podcast on Instagram. The Millennial Foster Mom podcast can be found on Spotify and Pocket Casts and hopefully soon on Apple Podcasts. And that's going to wrap up our first episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I kept this episode on the shorter side just because I know it can be really tedious listening to somebody's story. And so I wanted to be short and sweet and to the point so you get to know me a little bit more and kind of get excited about what's to come. Please consider liking, sharing, and reviewing the podcast New episodes will hopefully come out every Wednesday. That's what I'm aiming for. So remember, as we sign off, motherhood is hard no matter how you get there. But together, we've got this, mamas.